You know, they could give a pastor a bad complex not letting him sing with them. <laughs> but considering I know my own singing, it's not going to bother me a bit, amen? <laughs> amen. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Judges chapter 14. Put your finger there in Judges chapter 16. We're going to look at a couple of different verses here this morning. We started a couple of weeks ago, we started a, a series on Sunday mornings that we titled uh, the series, By Faith, Not By Sight. And we get that from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Far too often today we find too many people that's walking by sight and not by faith, trusting the Lord. We look at Eve, we looked at Eve first of all, and she was deceived when she walked by sight and not by what the Lord had told her. Then last week we uh, preached about the, how that destruction was brought into the life of Lot because he walked by sight and not by faith. Might I say that there's always going to be trouble in your life if you walk by sight and not by faith. This world today is struggling because we're walking by sight instead of trusting the Lord and doing what the Lord wants. Walking by faith is to walk according to the Word of God and to the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God, to guide your life and in your decisions and guide your life in every direction that you should go. And so it's important. I want us to look at a man this morning that, uh, who was defeated, who was defeated by walking by sight instead of by faith. If you would, please stand for the reading of God's Word. We'll look at Judges chapter 14. We'll go begin in verse 1, and then we'll jump, we'll just read two verses there and jump down to Judges 16. A very familiar portion story, a scripture here that is, speaks about Samson. Verse 1 says, And Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore get her for me to watch. Did you notice there it said in the very first verse, it says, and saw a woman in Timnath. Then down in verse 2, it says, and I have seen a woman in Timnath. And he desires her. He said, get her for me. He goes to his mom and his dad. And in and, and that day and time, it was a little bit different how that they would get a bride. They would go and, and the father would go. and He would bargain with the, the bride's uh, parents and for so much dowry and different things and and arrange the wedding. I've been working with Hunter for a while, trying to get him to let me do that, and he won't let me do it. But anyway, uh, so the fact is, is that uh, they go down and they and they do that. They make the arrangements. Uh, we we're not going to go into the whole story there. He winds up not being able to take her as wife, and she's given to another man because of uh, some situations there. He fights with the Philistines. He defeats the Philistines and. Uh, different times there, and, and the Lord, that was part of God's plans for him to defeat the Philistines. We pick up in, Ju in Judges chapter 16 here, and it goes on through and begins to do different things. In verse 1 it says, Then went Samson to Gaza, and Saul, notice there, and Saul, there in harlot, and went in unto her. And it was told the Gazites, uh, saying, Samson is come hither. And they compassed him in the, and laid wait for him all night in the gate of the city and were quiet all the night, saying in the morning when he, it is day, we shall kill him. And Samson lay till midnight and arose and 
night and took the doors of the gates of the city and the two posts and, and, went, and went away with them, bar and all, and, and put them upon his shoulders and carried them up on top of a hill that is before Hebron. You've got to realize we're not talking about just some little gate that you walk through. The gates of the city. There was at least two, two gates or two doors, you might say, to that gate because it says gates. He picked up the, the posts that they were mounted to, so that means he ripped those out of the ground. You've got to realize that when you talk about the gates to a city, they had to be large enough to bring chariots and wagons and things of that nature through. And here's Samson. The Spirit of God comes upon him, and he's got great power. He picks that up with the bar that's across them to hold them closed. He picks the whole thing up, pulls it out of the ground, takes and walks away with it. And sets it up on a hill. We got some some big guys in here. We've we've got uh, Curtis over here. We got Sean back here. We got Roy back over here, and 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 Alan. Different ones like that. They're big guys and strong guys. But I doubt they could pick up those gates that, that Samson picked up that day. And he carried them away and set them on a hill there in Hebron. But notice what goes on here. It says in verse four. And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. The lords of the Philistines came up to, to her and said unto her, Entice him and see wherein his great strength lieth, and by what means we may prevail against him, that we may bind him to afflict him, and we will give thee every one of us eleven hundred pieces of silver. And Delilah said to Samson, Tell me, I pray thee, wherein thy great strength lieth, and wherewith thou mightest be bound to afflict thee. We know the Really, most of us know the rest of the story, how that she begins to entice him, different things. And at first, he doesn't tell her where his strength lies within. He has a Nazarite vow on his, from birth. And his, that Nazarite vow, there were several things in that. One thing, he was not to drink any fruit of the vine, otherwise not, no grape juice, wine, or any of that. He wasn't supposed to touch anything that was dead. They was to allow his hair to grow continually, never to cut it. That was part of that Nazarite vow that set him apart. And there's other things go with it. I'm not going to get into all those. But he's laying there in the lap of Delilah and she begins to ask him, tell me, tell me where your great strength is. She didn't care about him. She wanted the money. That's all she cared about. She wanted the money. And she began to try to entice him and we know the rest of the story. Eventually he tells her, if you shave my head, I'll become as any other man. And so they did. They shaved his head and he did. He became weak. We find on the rest of the story that uh, they took him and they put out his eyes and put him down in the prison house and he ground in that prison house like a mule. And so we see that because of walking by sight, what he wanted by sight and not by faith, he was defeated. So I'd like to preach a message that I've titled, Defeated by Sight. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for loving us. Thank you for the Word of God. Lord, true is the Bible. And the Bible says that we should walk by faith, trusting the Word of God, trusting the Spirit of God that dwells within us to live for you. And not by what we see, not trusting what we want in, by our eyes and the flesh, but to live for you. Have your will and way, Lord, I pray this morning for the preaching of thy word. Give me the words to say, speak to hearts. And draw us near to you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. 
Samson walked by sight, and he was led to love the world. That walk that he had by sight, it led him to begin to love the things of the world. We find over in Judges 14, verse 2, and he came and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. Apparently, he loved her. I mean, why would he want to marry her if he didn't love her? And you say, well, what's the big deal there? He, he loved her, so he's going to marry her. Well, you've got to understand, she's a Philistine. The Philistines at that time had the children of Israel under bondage. The Philistines were wicked people that, uh, that, that, that worshipped pagan gods and, 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 and did crazy wild things. And they, they, they put uh, the uh, Israelites into tribute and made them basically slaves. And so now he's went down to Timnath. He sees a Philistine and he wants to marry her. Judges 16 and verse 4 says, And it came to pass after that, afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. Delilah was also a Philistine, one that was worshipped pagan gods, one that really didn't care about Samson and, and didn't care about uh, uh, the things of God. And yet, because of what he saw, what he seen, he was following his sight instead of what he was supposed to be doing. Instead of following the Word of God, instead of following the Spirit of God, instead of allowing God to guide and direct his life, he looks at it, he likes it, he goes after it. Samson had been raised differently. Samson shouldn't have went after those things. We find that Samson, as he's going back down to Timnath to see the Philistines, he wanted the, or the, the wife that he wanted, and there was a lion that came out against him and roared against him, and he literally, with his bare hands, took that lion and killed the lion. And the Bible says, rent it. Somehow tore the body. He was that strong, caught that lion and tore the body and killed that lion. I don't know if maybe the lion tried to attack him with that mouth. He just reached up and grabbed it and pulled that mouth apart and killed the lion. But somehow he killed that lion. Later on, after some time, he comes back again. He's on his way back down to Timnath down there to see the lady there in Timnath, the Philistine that, that he was going to marry. And he goes by and he, he, his sight causes him to look at that lion again. Look in verse 8 if you want to in, verse four, in chapter 14. It says, And after a time he returned to take her. He turned aside to see the carcass. Notice that he had to turn aside to see the carcass of the lion, that dead lion laying over there. He didn't, he, he didn't just, uh, just uh, uh, happen by it again. He had to turn aside. He had to go to it. He turned aside, notice it says, to see it, to look upon it. And behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion, and he took thereof in his hands and went on eating and came to his father and mother and gave them. And they did eat, but he told them not that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. He said, well, preacher, what's the big deal that he didn't tell his mom and dad they took the honey out of the carcass of the lion? Remember, I said he was a, under a Nazarite vow from birth. He was not supposed to touch anything that was dead. And yet he reaches down into that dead lion carcass, scoops out the honey, eats of the honey, takes it home and gives it to his mom and dad. 
He's already, because of what he's seeing, he looks at that line, he begins to desire uh, uh, that, that honey because of what he sees to satisfy his flesh. He's probably looking and say, man, look at those, those bees down there. And boy, there's honey dripping out of that carcass. And, and boy, that would be something good to eat. And I like honey. And, and so he reaches into that dead carcass and, and pulls that honey out. Not only does he touch the carcass of that lion and gets that honey, but he's eating from that dead carcass. He's beginning to, because of what he sees, he's beginning to go astray from his Nazarite vow serving God. He's drifting. He's well on his way of walking by sight and not by faith. That was becoming easier all the time to fall in love with the world. You see, Samson had every opportunity to live for God. Isn't it amazing all the opportunities that God gives each of us to live for him? He's given us the Word of God. He's given us Bible-preaching churches. He's given us the Holy Spirit of God that dwells within us once we've received Christ as our Savior. We live in a country that has freedom here in the United States. It has uh, freedom to preach the Word of God, to tell people about Jesus Christ. Well, we're blessed. We have a great opportunity. Samson had a great opportunity to live for God. He had godly parents which tried to raise him for the Lord and, and direct him to, to follow the Lord. In Judges chapter 14, verse 3, it says, Then said his, his father and mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren or among all my people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. His mom and dad were trying to raise him right. They, when, when, if you go back in, in chapter in chapter 13, you'll find about the birth of, of, of him. And you'll find that uh, Manoah there and his, and his wife, how that, that God came to them and said, listen, this is a special child, and he's going to be a Nazarite from birth. And why, don't give him uh, the fruit of the vine, and don't do this, and don't do that. And, and, they, and the Lord tells them what he's, how he's supposed to be raised. And all his life, they have raised up Samson to follow that Nazarite vow and to live for God. He had some godly parents. Hey, listen to me this morning. Some of you young people, you got some godly moms and dads that's trying to do right, trying to raise you right, trying to point you towards God. Don't turn away from that. Don't turn away from that. I've heard people say, well, it's a choice they got to make. I understand that it's a choice that everybody has to make. But my friend, hey, listen, God has blessed you with a great opportunity to, to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Don't turn from that. There's many people today that that would desire to have been raised in a, in a godly Christian home to know about Jesus Christ that never were. He was raised in a, and had godly parents. He had great potential for the Spirit of God came upon him when he was in need of, in many different times. Uh, in Judges 14, 6, it says, And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. What a privilege it is. You begin to think about the privilege of God and how it is a privilege to have the Spirit of God that dwells within us. But as Samson here, the power of God would come upon him. The Spirit of God would come upon him. The power would work in and through him. God used him in a mighty way to defeat many of the, of the, of the Philistines there. If you remember how that 
that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he ripped up those gates out of, out of that ground. There's another instance there that, that they had taken him and they had bound him uh, with, with new ropes and, and, had t and led him away. And, and the Spirit of God came upon him. And he just broke the ropes like they was a, a piece of thread. He reaches down and he picks up a jawbone of an ass that's laying there and he begins to fight the Philistines and he kills a thousand Philistines because of the power of the Spirit of God that rested upon him. Well, today, I believe that God wants to empower us. I'm not talking about fighting Philistines like that, but empower us to live for him, to serve him, to be a witness for him, to magnify him, to glorify him, that we might live in such a way that others would know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Don't ever take it lightly and, and squander away uh, what God has given you in the Spirit of God to live for Him. It's that still small voice within your heart and life that says, hey, this is right or this is wrong or do this or do that. Many times today the Spirit of God will speak in your heart and life. It may not, it's not in an audible voice, but my friend, you know when He's speaking to your heart and life, I guarantee you. It's amazing as, as a preacher you can stand here or as a Sunday school teacher or, as, or someone uh, singing or whatever and the Spirit of God comes on him and how that God uses them to bless the hearts and lives of others and to encourage and to strengthen them. Don't ever take it lightly. Samson had great power, power given to him by God, not just power of his own. It wasn't that Samson was a, a great bodybuilder and, and took steroids or anything like that. But it was because of the hand of God that was on him, had empowered him, and no one was able to defeat him. Here, when, they, when he defeated that thousand men, there was 3,000 Philistines came up against him. The Bible records that he, he defeated a thousand. That means 2,000 of them got scared and went home. I'll guarantee you, if I seen a man killing two, or a thousand Philistine or a thousand men around me, I'd leave him alone too. The power of God rested upon him in a powerful way. It wasn't his strength. It wasn't his ability. You see, a lot of people, they think about when you see these pictures of Samson and everything, it's like he's this big, huge giant with these big rippling muscles and, 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 and like he's on steroids. That wasn't Samson. See, how do you know? Because if you read the whole story, they be, they, when they went to Delilah, they said, find out where his strength comes from. Find out where, where he has this power. Why does he have this type of strength? He was evidently just basically looked like a normal man. Because they didn't know where his strength came from. It's not like they could look and say, man, look at that rippling muscle. Man, he's big and he's powerful. Look how big he is. No. They didn't know where his power came from. They said, find out where his strength lieth. We might take it from him. So he was just an average man, you might say. But when the power of God came upon his life, he was able to do great and mighty things. Can I tell you something this morning? When the power of God comes on your life as a Christian, you have the ability to do great and mighty things for God. In fact, the Lord says, call on me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Jeremiah 33, 3. He says, I want to empower you to do great things. I want you to live for me. I want you to be a great witness for me. I want to do great things in your family. I want to do great things in your community. I want to do great things in your nation. I want to do great things in this world with you. And so he comes upon those who will follow him and obedient on him that he might empower us to be that witness, to be that testimony, to be used of him. In Judges 16 and verse 3, it says, And Samson lay all night. It talks about there, uh, and I already mentioned that, how he pulled up the, the, those doors. It was great strength. 
He's also called out because of God, and, and so is every born-again Christian. That Nazarite vow that was placed on him was this. God said, okay, I want to use you in a great way. I want to use you in a great way. Can I tell you something? When God saved you, he put the same stamp on you and says, I want to use you for great mighty things. He said, me, preacher, I, I, I don't have any great talents. God said, I want to use you in great mighty ways. But preacher, I, I, I just don't, I, I'm not, I, I couldn't be a preacher. I can't speak. God wants to use you in great mighty ways. Well, preacher, I, God wants to use you in great mighty ways. Doesn't matter. He said, well, preacher, I'm, I'm pushing the, that mark up here. I'm getting close to, you know, that they're starting to call me a senior saint. God wants to use you in great mighty ways. But preacher, I, 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 got the, I got this and I got that and I can't get around. And God wants to use you in great mighty ways. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter how old you are. You teenagers sitting here say, well, one of these days. No, God wants to use you now. God wants to use you now. God has a desire. When you receive Christ as your Savior, he has a desire to take you and use you in a powerful way. Just like he desired to use uh, Samson in a great way. You see, walking by sight brought the powerful Samson to defeat. What is it that would defeat you? You know, we, we, all of us are competitive in some area of our lives. You know, it might be sports. It might be in knowledge. It might be, it might be, hey, I'm just going to confess to you. When our kids were growing up and we'd play those board games and stuff at home, I didn't let them win. <laughs> you say, why not, preacher? That's cruel. They got to learn to lose. That's our problem today. Everybody gets a participation award. Not in my house, you don't. <clears throat> so what kind of award do you get? Loser. <laughs> my wife would say, come on, let them win once in a while. Why? When I get old and senile and I can't see the board anymore and they start cheating, then I'll start losing. fact is is that many times we don't realize how that God wants to step in how that those defeats that we have are brought on our own selves nobody likes to lose Samson seemed like he would never be defeated but Samson he seemed so powerful and so mighty but Samson was defeated and he wasn't defeated by strength he was defeated by sight defeated himself how many times have we done something where we know as soon as we've done it I lost I made the wrong choice we might be playing a game we might be doing something else we see when Samson was defeated he lost some things Samson lost his power first of all 
Judges 16, verse 20, there it says, And the Philistines, uh, uh, and she said, Samson, the Philistines be upon thee. And Samson, and he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times and shake myself. Because before he had, when they would come in and, she was, and when she was trying to find out where his strength was, she'd, she'd tie him with the new ropes or something or whatever it was, pin his hair to a beam and different things that he told her. And, and they would come in and they would, they would uh, be ready to fight against him and he would get up and he would just shake them off and break them off and he hadn't lost his power. Now they've shaved his head. She said, Samson, the Philistines be upon thee. And he said, I'll go out like I did before. He said, I'll just shake myself. They're just like a bunch of fleas to me. But the saddest part comes next in that verse. And he wist not, otherwise he didn't know, that the Lord was departed from him. He lost his power. His walk by sight led him to, to the lap of Delilah, a false love. One whose heart was not really with him, but against him. Can I tell you something this morning? Satan is a false lover. And this world is a false lover. And all that Satan in this world wants to do is get you in its lap so it can lull you to sleep and find your strength and try to take away your power for living for God. So many Christians today have been defeated because of walking by sight, doing things of this world. Say, oh, that looks nice, and Satan woos them. And Satan woos them and, and woos them and pulls them away from God. And before long, they've lost their power and they're defeated because they followed after sight and not after the Word of God, not after the Spirit of God. They no longer was walking by faith. They're no longer walking uh, after the Word of God. They were walking by sight. Boy, that looks good. Just like that honey in that dead carcass. It looks good. Oh, that looks good. That's a woman down there in, in Sorek. Boy, I, I love her. I want her. But she's part of the world. She's a Philistine that's out to destroy your life. And this world sits there and says, come here, come here. you like this. Look at this. Look, everybody's doing it. Look how pleasurable it looks. Everybody, look at this. They never show you the full picture, the destruction, the defeat. The deception. He lost his power. He's no longer able to shake him off. You know, I, I, I look at those words, and those are probably some of the saddest words in the Bible. And he was not that the Lord was departed from him. That's not talking here about losing your salvation. It's talking about the power, the hand, and the presence of God in your life. He knew not that God's presence had departed. He knew not that he no longer had the power of God in his life. He knew not that he had went so far from the Lord that now the enemy was in control. When, when, at one time, Samson was stronger than all men. Now he's weaker than all men. He played the fool, laid his head in the, in the lap of Delilah, he lost his power. Samson lost his vision. And verse 21 says, But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes. The very thing that led him astray comes back and is destroyed by the enemy. Leaving in his eyes, 
in his memory bank what he had saw and what he had desired with his, with his heart instead of the things of God. It was Delilah. It was the, the things of the Philistines. It was the, the things of the flesh, that honey. And, and now it's recorded in his mind. He can't look upon anything else. He is blind. They've put out his eyes. Can I tell you something? This world, after it has given you all the things that you think that your flesh wants, it'll put out your eyes. It'll abuse you. It'll bind you. It'll put you in stocks. It'll put you in bondage. Then you'll walk around as a, as a, as a, as a mule grinding in the prison house. He lost. He lost his eyes. He lost his vision. It's a terrible thing when a Christian loses his spiritual vision. When you walk by sight of this world and not by the faith of, the, of God and His Word and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. We find over in 2 Peter 1, 9, it says, But uh, he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. What's it talk about there, the lack of these things? Talk about the lacking that walk with God and, and lacking the Word of God in our hearts and in our minds and lacking the, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit of God. And we can't see afar off. We can't see the dangers. We can't see how that this world is out to destroy us and to defeat us. Because our eyes are deceiving us. Like those in the days of this very book of Judges here. In Judges 21 and 25 it says, In those days there was no king in Israel, and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Living by what you see instead of by God's word. Living by what you see and still the leadership of the Holy Spirit that dwells within you. Samson lost his freedom. Verse 21 says, And Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to, to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass. And he did grind in the prison house. You see, now Samson, who was free, who was had the power of God, now he's bound. I've often thought about that. Downing in that prison house, on that old grinding wheel, turning and pushing that grinding wheel all day long like an old mule. People walking by on the outside, he can't see them. He can hear them laughing. He can hear them mocking. And he's grinding at that old prison house, grinding, pushing that wheel, unable to see only the thoughts of all that he's done, remembering that he had, had told them uh, what, what his Nazarite vow was, remembering that he had touched the dead thing, remembering that he had went after the, 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 the things of this world and, and loved the world more than love of God and, and love of the, of, the, of the presence and the power of God, took it for granted what he had, and he ground at that old wheel and ground at that old wheel, thinking constantly, oh, I wouldn't have had to have been here. I shouldn't be here. Boy, this is not where God wanted me to be. This is not the type of life I want. This is not how I want to die. This is not how I want people to remember me. This is not how I want to, uh, people back home to think about Samson that was mighty in power and defeated all those Philistines. This, now I'm down here like an old mule. And yet today, many Christians why? Because they live by sight and not by faith. 
didn't live according to the word of God. But what they thought they liked and what looked good. And before long, it drew them away. And as it drew them away, the Holy Spirit said, no, don't do that. That's wrong. You don't want that in your life. You don't know. And before long, they, they push away the Spirit of God and say, I like that. They begin to walk by sight and not by faith. Samson's lost his freedom. You see, only by truth can we have faith. And only by truth can we be set free. I'm talking about real freedom. In John chapter 8, and verse 32, it says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth will make you free. In John 8, 36, he said, If, if the Son, therefore, shall make you free, talking about Jesus Christ, ye shall be free indeed. And what it's talking about is when a person receives Jesus Christ as their Savior, they're set free. Do you realize that if you're sitting here this morning and you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've never come to a place in your life where you realize that you was a sinner on your way to a devil's hell, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've never confessed to Him that you're, that you're a sinner, that you need salvation in your heart and life, you're in bondage. Oh, no, preacher, I, I'm, I'm an American. I'm an American citizen. I'm free. No, you're in bondage. And the only thing that will set you free is Jesus Christ. You see, every one of us, I don't care who you are, I can walk you down to the nursery, and as, as hard and cold as it sounds, I can say, they're in bondage. We were born that way. Born that way. Born unto sin. But thank the Lord that Jesus Christ came and he took your sin and my sin upon him on Calvary. Our sins and our iniquities was laid upon him while he was on that cross, nailed to that cross. As that blood came streaming down off of that beaten and bruised and battered body and out of those nail holes in his hands and his feet, that riven back, that back that was, was beaten to a pulp and shredded by that cat and nine tails. That blood began to pool at the, at the bottom of that cross. Oh, by his blood. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is, no, there is no remission of sin. But my friend, when Jesus Christ shed that sinless blood because he had never sinned, your sins and my sins was laid upon him. Somebody has to die for sin. For the wages of sin is death, the Bible says in Romans 6, 23. But he didn't stop there. He said, but the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's through that precious gift of receiving him. You can't work for it. It's nothing that you can buy. But it's by receiving that gift that he did for you and me that we can have eternal life. We don't deserve that life. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5, 8. You get over there in Romans chapter 10. It says, for with the heart, not this, but with the heart, that love, the real you, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confessions made unto salvation. 
Drop down about verse 13. He says, for whosoever, I'm glad he said for whosoever. I mean, he could have used some common name for us, Bill, Joe, Betty, Betty Lou, whatever. He said, for whosoever. He left out no one. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Didn't say might be, possibly. He said shall be. That's real freedom. I can pillow my head at night, go to sleep in about three minutes. You ask my wife. She said, you know you're snoring? I said, no, I was asleep. <clears throat> if I don't wake up in the morning, I'm not worried about it. Because all I'm going to do is step on the other side. And I'm going to rejoice. And I'm going to run the streets of gold. I'm getting a new body. One's got hair on it. Don't have the spare tire. Won't need that. See, I, I carry this weight on purpose. You know, in a lot of places there's kidnappings. They'd have a hard time carrying me. I'm free. Preacher, do you ever sin? Daily. But I thank the Lord for 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It may not be what I've done, but maybe what I didn't do. So we find that Samson lost that, but he lost something else. Samson, ooh, Samson lost his testimony. He said, what's that ooh mean? Nothing. Don't worry about it. <clears throat> Samson lost his testimony. The Philistines were afraid of him at, at one time, and now they're mocking him. At one time, they were afraid of this man. Now they're, they're laughing at him. Christian, don't lose your testimony. Don't walk by sight. Walk by faith. Walk by, according to the, the Spirit of God. Your influence in the those around you. Hey, listen, don't lose that. Your kids, your grandkids, your, 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 your family, uh, extended family, your, your co-workers, your friends and, and people that you're around. Don't lose your influence for the Lord with them. Don't destroy your testimony by walking by sight and not by faith. Samson had an opportunity maybe to point him to the, the God of heaven. But he lost that. He lost that. Ultimately, he lost his life because he walked by sight. But you know what? We can look down at Samson, but I see every one of us a little bit of Samson in us. And I look at this and I think, you know what? Boy, that's a, that's a terrible thing. Wait a minute. I want you to know that there's hope. Not just preaching against Samson here on this, but there's hope. In verse 28 of Judges 16, it says, And Samson called unto the Lord. He repented. And said, O oh, oh, oh Lord God, remember me 
I pray thee and strengthen me. I pray thee only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. He's repenting. He's come back to the Lord. He's had enough time in that, in that prison house down there walking around to finally rebuild his, his walk with the Lord uh, while he's walking, uh, uh, pushing that old old grinding wheel there he's he's walking back towards the Lord and he's getting his heart back in, in line with God and said oh God uh, restore unto me that power again that I might avenge uh, uh, my two eyes he said let me yes I may die but Lord uh, uh, let me let me once again have the power of God and the presence of God in my life you see Samson didn't get physical sight back but he got his spiritual sight back he didn't get these two eyes back, but now he's beginning to look to the Lord. He repented, and one more time, the powers and the Spirit of God came upon him. He found out, though, that he had failed the Lord, but the Lord had never failed him. You didn't hear me. He found out he had failed the Lord, but the Lord had never failed him. Yeah, I don't think you believe that. He found out that he had failed the Lord, but the Lord had never failed him. Amen. Can I tell you that the Lord will never fail you? Jesus said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. He'll never fail thee. We fail him. We come up short, but he never fails us, and he never comes up short. So, preacher, how do you know that the Lord forgave him? Well, over here in the New Testament, there's a book called Hebrews. And in Hebrews chapter 11, God's bragging on some people. He's talking about Abraham. He's talking about Noah. He's talking about different ones as he goes through there. He's talking about Isaac and Joseph and Moses. And he's bragging on them because they walk by faith and they, they love the Lord and they live for God. You go through there, you find that they weren't perfect. But they tried to live for God. So I want you to listen to this. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32, as he's bragging everybody, on everybody, he's listing them down through there and about them living for Him and walking by faith. Verse 32 says, And what shall I more say, for the time should fail me, for to tell of Gideon, to tell of Barak, of Samson, who? Of Samson, who? Of Samson, and of Jephthah, and of David also, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms and wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopping the mouths of lions. And he goes on and, and, be, and continues on. Here we find that now, all of a sudden, here's Samson that he's found, his name is found in the hall of what do we call it? Faith. The hall of faith. Well, preacher... Didn't Samson fail him? Oh, yeah. Didn't Samson lose his life because of he lived by sight and not by faith? Oh, yeah. But he got it right. He got it right. And God says when he's speaking and they're writing the word of God, he said, put Samson's name in there. And imagine that scribe. 
or whoever it was that was writing as we think we don't know if that was Paul there or who was writing Hebrews we're not 100% sure they said Samson yeah Samson are you sure God yeah Samson he looks down here at you and me and we fumble and we fail we come back and we find a place at altar and say Lord I failed you. I've been walking by sight, not by faith. Lord, help me to trust you, trust the Word of God, trust the Spirit of God that dwells within me to live for you and walk with you. He smiles and says, Remember Samson? We got this covered. Because everyone in this room has a little bit of Samson in them. And at times we walk by sight and not by the leadership of the Holy Spirit and by the Word of God. So preacher, what do you do? You keep bringing it back in line. You keep bringing it back in line. And you walk by faith and not by sight. We have a wonderful God that loves us beyond our comprehension, even though we fail him, he loves us. Do you realize what you have, Christian, this morning? I think if every Christian would begin to realize what you have in Jesus Christ, it would help you to walk by faith and not by sight. When you begin to realize that, hey, listen, the sight is short-lived, but walking by faith is eternal. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. Father, I thank you for loving us. Help us, therefore, to walk by faith and not by sight. Help us, Lord, to understand the grace and the mercy that you show unto us when we do fail you. Help us, Lord, to claim 1 John 1, 9. Help us to get it right, get back in there, serve you to live for you. Lord, whatever the need is in any heart this morning, I pray that you speak, that you draw us close to you. And, oh, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen us. Help us not to be defeated. Help us not to walk by sight, but help us to walk by faith and walk near to you. Lord, there may be somebody here today that doesn't know Jesus Christ, their Savior. I pray that today would be that day that they'd come. We'll meet them here in the middle, Lord. Take a Bible and show them how they can receive this wonderful Savior, Jesus Christ. And they too can understand and begin to experience that walk of faith. Lord, I pray now that you guide and direct this invitation. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with us this morning with your heads bowed, your eyes closed?